You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Steve Buchanan here with my co-host Julian Edlow as we kind of wrap up uh, week five, look ahead for Monday Night Football tonight, sprinkle a little MLB talk uh, with the playoffs as well. And then, of course, as we always do on Mondays, one of our favorite segments, Odds Are with Johnny Avello joining the show per the usual. Julian, what's up, man? How are you feeling? Feeling good. It was a pretty good Sunday. A couple silly mistakes, a couple good caches, a uh, pretty big teaser looming on Monday Night Football to, to finish the week strong. I know you did well as well. Yeah, this is going to be a good week for the cash it or trash it segment. So let's just let's just dive right into it because mm-hmm. when, we, when we have a good week, we want to talk about it. When we have a bad week, you know, we try to sweep it out of the, under the rug, just like everybody else on Twitter. Only see the good stuff, not the bad stuff. And we do the exact same thing here on the podcast. Uh, great week for cash it or trash it. Uh, some of our best bets uh, cashed easily this week. It wasn't even an issue here. What do you got for cash it this week? Yeah, we we were three for three on the bills. I know your best bet wasn't them directly, but uh, we had when we had Drew Martin on on Thursday, Drew and I both gave out bills as our bills plus three as our best bet. We said we'd be on some bills money line. Um and it, it wasn't even close. It was exactly what I thought that game would be, um, except even more magnified towards the Bills taking control in, in the AFC, yeah. um, which is something I'll talk a little bit about with Johnny Avello when he joins us about those future odds in the AFC, because this was a big game. This is what I thought it was for the Bills, what it meant for the Bills. It was taking the top, you know, not seed, the, just the top perception in the AFC yeah. is always the Chiefs. I think the Bills successfully took that by going into Arrowhead and almost doubling them up on the scoreboard. Um, so yeah, a lot of Bills, uh, a lot of Bills spread, a lot of Bills money line um, cashed very nicely. Uh, Josh Allen only completed 15 passes in that game. They went for 315 <laughs> yards. Like just absolutely absurd to see those kind of numbers and see somebody average 21 yards uh, per completion in that game. The Bills started out strong. Never looked back, scored in every quarter. Uh, They just absolutely trampled the Chiefs. That was part of my best bet too as well, but I teased them to uh, plus nine, which was never a doubt. Wasn't even uh, something you had to worry about. And as well as the Bengals getting them to nine, going against the Packers, which was, you know, the the Bengals won that game four times. uh, If people knew how to kick the ball correctly. The Packers won it four times also. That's right. There was ever a game that deserved to end in a tie. Bengals uh, Packers deserve to end in a tie. 
Mason Crosby coming into that game, 26 uh, um, uh, field goals made in a row, uh, then missed the next three. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. But then the Bengals followed that up with some kicking issues of their own, which, you know, just leads me to my overall sentiment uh, that kickers should be banned in the NFL. Very popular trend on Twitter. Happy to be a part of that community. Thank you for having me. Um, but the teaser, at least, getting the Bengals at plus nine, easy cash there. So getting both teams at plus nine, minus 120, uh, really a sweat free week for the best bet there too as well um i also i talked about on the sweat on our sunday show that i really like the chargers at minus two and a half um just an absolute slugfest in that second half there uh between the browns and the and the chargers uh but the chargers were ended up uh being able to prevail with a week with a win in that week and also cash that two and a half which for a while didn't even look like it had a chance uh but the chargers just absolutely coming out I don't want to say dominating the second half because the Browns are right there with them. But at least if you go by the amount of scores that the Chargers had in the second half, they just kept consistently going, both teams really just going downfield, answering the other team there. But the Chargers were able to cash that minus two and a half. Yeah. Um, so we got another cash it kind of pending up in the air. The Minnesota uh, got that one early to minus one on the teaser. Needed it because they win by two on that field goal, reminiscent of the Ravens game. The poor, uh, the poor Lions just keep losing on these desperation drives to field goals. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, the, the Vikings-Ravens teaser kind of hanging up in, in the air. And I think that if you want to get in on Baltimore, we'll talk about this when we kind of move forward to week six. But I think you can tie a week five, week six teaser together if you wanted to use Baltimore tonight. And there's a few games next week that you can tie them into. Yeah. Uh, so not all is lost if you still want to, uh, you know, be be rooting for the Ravens as a teaser leg and you don't still have them open from from this past week. Um, but as for trash it. I think I might have done my dumbest. Loss of the season. Um and it has nothing to do with NFL. Oh, I oh, you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you read my best bets article, well, I I I don't care about the the big Alabama first half loss. I mean, I oh. do care. I wanted to win. I wanted to win that. Um, lost my best bet of college of the college football season. Um, won Me every too. My other only, my only time my my once a year college football bet lost convincingly. Okay. I'm gonna give out a college football free play right now before I do trash it. Oh, great. Alabama first half on Saturday. <laughs> they are going to be so mad about that loss, and they are going Ugh. to come out absolutely scorching at Mississippi State. I will be doing it again for a lot of units. Alabama first half at Mississippi State, I promise. Okay, so now hold on, hold on. Now, the four units you bet on this one was your biggest college play. Will this exceed the four units? We'll probably match it. Boo. It's Coward. Monday. Give Do me some five. Time to decide. Maybe it'll go to five. Maybe it'll go to five. We'll see. At Alabama first half on Saturday night, lock it up. I'll Here's my it. dumbest loss of the NFL season. I was nervous about the points in the Titans-Jags game. The spread <sighs> got cut in half. Why was it so nervous? Uh, why was it so – why does this make me so nervous um, with it such an obvious spot to just fade the Jags? So what did I do? I avoided the points by doing a one and a half unit money line parlay. The Titans, Georgia, who rolled over Auburn, and Alabama money line minus nine hundred just to get everything down to minus one sixteen. Titans win and cover. Georgia wins and covers. 
Alabama, 18-point favorite, loses outright at the buzzer, game-losing field goal. That's how you trash a ticket. Absolutely blew it. I made up for it a little bit by coming back with a one-unit play on Titans minus four and a half on Sunday, but that just gets me to whatever that is, down like fractional units rather than just playing what I wanted, lay the points with the Titans and get the win. Um, that was silly. Losing, losing a bet on a minus a thousand money line team, not getting there for you. I mean, there's just so many easier ways that you can get down to a, like a 116 bet or a minus 120 bet. You don't need to do all these crazy things and need all these outcomes to happen. But it, like, you don't need all these. Georgia outcomes and to Alabama happen. are different. Georgia and Alabama are different animals. Like those are barely even outcomes. I just got, I just picked the wrong week. They win every week. I'll tell you one thing that we, uh, another thing it was a bad week for, uh, taking any overs on Jalen Waddle. Nah, who, yeah. you know, is, that your tra- this, is this your trash it? This is my trash it. Uh, this was, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a two point, uh, two part trash it here. So I saw that everybody, and this is, this starts with DFS. Everybody was gravitating towards Jalen Waddle to go over all of his numbers, you know, over his uh, four and a half receptions, over his 56 and a half receiving yards. He ended up with two receptions for 31 yards against arguably one of the worst secondaries in the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We also like this because not only are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the worst secondaries in the lead, we figure the Dolphins are going to have to be, you know, constantly playing catch up and not the condiment. Um, Jacoby Brissett threw the ball plenty of times, did it 39 times. He just wasn't overly efficient. 27 completions for 275 yards. So the trash part is that I also went pretty high on Mike Gesicki because I said, okay, if Jalen Waddle is going to be, you know, the, uh, the wide receiver one, Gesicki's the guy that he should really be relying upon because that's the guy who, you know, that should be your, your security blanket here. Four catches, which was just under his four and a half receptions, which is so annoying. Absolutely annoying. 43 yards in those ones. Average 10.8 yards per reception. Went under on both of his props. Uh, Extremely frustrating when you see that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up 45 points against this Dolphins team who, by the way, and I even said this in my uh, NFL cheat sheet article, I said, I'm not convinced that the the Buccaneers are going to have a great scoring week because this is a really good Dolphins secondary. It wasn't this week. It still is a good secondary. Wasn't this week. Probably saw one of the best performances of Tom Brady this season, who, by the way, is also dealing with a thumb injury that we just found out uh, that could hinder his, you know, but that doesn't matter. Tom Brady is, you know, Tom Brady deals with, you know, uh, aches and pains of like an old man and still goes out and does what he does. But uh, four passing touchdowns, I think it was, for Tom Brady. Uh, I'm sorry, five, five uh, for Tom Brady in that game against it was the his Dolphins. First, I think it was his first ever game with five passing touchdowns, over 400 yards, and no interceptions. That's unbelievable. I'm actually unbelievable. surprised he hasn't done it before. but Right. Yeah, you, you would think he has. He threw the ball um, two more times as Jacoby Brissett, made three more completions and basically doubled his passing goal. Like it's absolutely amazing uh, what Tom Brady is doing. Monster game for Antonio Brown too, by the way, seven receptions, 124 yards, which actually overshadowed Mike Evans who caught six for 113 and two touchdowns himself. Uh, But just a huge game for the Bucs. So I definitely fell into that Dolphins trap last week. So uh, didn't have many trash hits this week, which was great, uh, but that was definitely one of them. All right, let's uh, get into this Monday night game. I'm flipping through the props right now. It's a tough prop. Not market. a great prop game. Not it's a great not, prop game. Um, 
one of the things that I'm thinking about, I want to pull up Marquise Hollywood Brown's game log here. Well, I'm doing this. I'm, like I, I'm, I'm eyeballing this right now. His long reception. I've been getting into long receptions this year. I like that um, a little bit more. We did well with that on Chase on a Thursday night football game against the Jags. Um, missed it on Mike Williams on the Monday night game. And then he comes back and goes nuts against the Browns. Huge game. Huge game yesterday. So annoying. Super yeah. annoying. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marquise Brown, long reception, 22 and a 22 half. 22 and a half. Yep. Feels yep. like he should get one. Uh, he should, but he also should have had three of them, you know, two weeks ago. I'm yeah. still, I'm still, I'm that's still one of the, very That's one of the reasons that. that I'm, that's one of the reasons I like it. Cause I know they're there and I'm pretty sure he's not going to drop three of them. I mean, you, you would think he wouldn't drop any of those because those <laughs> weren't even close, but, but truly like the, the, the frustrating part about those is all three of them were extremely catchable. That was like, that was just so uncharacteristic of him. You're still, <laughs> you're still harping on these. That was two weeks ago. Also. I'm saying, well, I, it all blends together. Cause I was so upset by that. <laughs> Clearly. Um, all right. I'm, I'm slowly making my way to the game logs here. Marquise Brown. Oh, my goodness. All right. This is going to be our consensus best bet. I can already tell. His long each week, even with the drops in Detroit, he caught a 37-yarder. Yeah. Last week against Denver, 49. Kansas City, 42. Vegas in week one, 29. He's gone over by at least six and a half yards in every game this season. We'll put it this way. He's averaging 17.2 per reception. So you need him to basically go five yeah, yards more than his average. That's ridiculous. All right. right. Do you want to and try and I, find? And I would say though, too, and this is something that I think is not being talked about enough. Lamar Jackson as a passer this season has been excellent. He's been really, really good. Like we talk about mm-hmm. how, you know, how much the, the Ravens run, which they do. They run the most uh, out of any team in the league, but like he has been so good. Um, throwing the ball this season, uh, 8.7 yards per pass attempt, 14.4, uh, yards per completion. Like those are some of the best numbers in the league right now. So you're telling me that I, we need over 22 and a half for Marquise Brown, which by the way, it's a little juiced up. It's at minus minus one twenty, which is amongst all those longest receptions, um, is the highest amongst all of them. But that's a, that's a, that's a pretty low number. But then again, we also said this about Mike Williams last week and that look how that, you know, turned out. Exactly. Let's see where Indy is here. So Indy's a top 10 defense in terms of passing yards allowed 216 point. uh, Yeah, just about 217 yards per game allowed through the air. But I'm still going to go ahead and uh, and take this one. Now, I think um, I like doing especially like on these Monday and Thursday games. I like doing the two leg teasers on these doing the total and the uh, uh, the team that I want. So, of course, you do. Well, because this, you know, this is just what I, this is my life now. But you get Baltimore down to minus one, and then you get the over down to 40 and a half. You don't like that? All right. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't, I'm not huge on, not huge on the same game teasers, but like that's not many points. And yes, I love Baltimore to, to win. Right. Right. Because the other thing is, too, is that that offensive line for uh, Indy. It's just been such an issue. Like it, it's starting to, 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 to me, it's like, okay, it's no longer an offensive line issue. It's a Carson Wentz issue because no matter where he goes, uh, his offensive line, which when he, you know, came into uh, the Colts was regarded as like the best in the league yeah. um, is now just ravaged by injuries, uh, ravaged by really poor play. 
And they are dead last in blocking efficiency so far this season, according to pro football focus. So uh, that's going to be an issue for Carson Wentz. He's going to be constantly uh, trying to scramble, which, you know, by the way, he still has two bad ankles, not just one. He's got two bad ankles. Um, So that's going to be something there too, as well. Um, So I'm probably actually looking to take the under on uh, some Carson Wentz props in this one. If he's, if he's constantly going to be under pressure, Uh, his passing yards is currently set at 223 and a half, a fairly low number, but if, that offensive line continues to perform as bad as they've been. What's going to have a hard time moving the ball in this game? Yeah, I, I don't mind that take. I mean, I'm I, it's, I'm not a Carson Wentz guy, so you don't really have to. Yeah, convince me here. Um, I'm just going through props. That's probably. I mean, that's that's going to be my bet in this game. Specific to this game is going to be the Marquise Brown long long reception. Do you have any prop that you like more than that? No, that would probably uh, be the one here. Like I said, I think this is kind of, um, especially on, on these Monday and Thursday games, like we've had a lot of games where, uh, you know, where there's some really good player prop games. I don't think this is really one of them. Um, this is probably a game I'd be more interested in taking aside, which would be Baltimore minus seven. Um, but I do really like that Marquise Brown one, um, you know, even though he's, he burned me bad a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm going to suck it up and, you know, put on my big boy pants and, you know, back them again. Fair. Um, okay. Like you said, for the game, I'm, I'm not going to bet the spread. If you made me bet the spread, it's Baltimore minus seven. Um, no, no real thoughts towards Indy there, but I did mention teasing and I have Baltimore to close out a week five teaser. But if you're not doing the same game teaser like Steve and you want to open a Baltimore teaser leg, which I think is a very strong leg, I think Baltimore is winning this game. There's a couple things that uh, that jump out, I guess, on the on the week six board for me. Now, I guess here's my question: uh, housekeeping here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, which you can follow on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. I don't know if we did that off the top of the show. We gave away fifty millionaire maker tickets um, on DraftKings uh, DFS platform, obviously on Friday. This is something we're going to start doing weekly, giving away some tickets. So. You're going to want to follow that that Twitter handle um, and get these giveaways for free tickets on, on Thursdays or for Thursdays and or Fridays, whenever, whenever we're doing it. Um, my housekeeping question, I guess, is do we want to talk about those teaser legs to go with Baltimore here in the uh, Monday Night Football segment, or do we want to save those for our look ahead week six segment? It probably fits Let's better do- in week six. Yeah. So why don't we do odds are with Johnny Avello? Yep. That's a tease. That's how, you know, you're, you're listening to a professional podcast. Mm. That is an industry standard is doing the tease. We will get to all that. The teaser with the tease. We'll get to that after Johnny Avello joined Julian Edlow earlier today, talking about a very, very good week for the public in week five over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Look doing a little look ahead at week six and a little MLB talk. Stay tuned for that. It is Monday. It is the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. And that only means one thing. It is time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, happy Monday. How are we? Uh, Julian, doing well. Thank you very much. All right. So we're looking back on week five at first. Kind of an insane day, uh, especially with those kickers. A lot of missed extra points, a lot of missed field goals, and still yet some kickers nailing some big ones to push through some money line parlays, some teaser pieces. Most specifically, the Patriots, very big favorites in Houston. The Vikings, very big favorites hosting the Lions. 
neither covered. So I imagine the the book kind of got helped out a little bit there. But what what did this mean for for the books with with those teams kind of coming through and winning the games on on late game winning field goals? Yeah, those two games you just mentioned were not our biggest games of the day, but they certainly added to the mix of the betters having a great day on money line parlays and some teasers, depending. And it really did depend on what number that you did receive. Um, the game that really stung us, though, was the uh, and it gave the public the push to string all those exotic bets together. That was the Packer game. Uh, wow. The kicking proverb for that game was try and try again until you <laughs> succeed. <laughs> yes, uh, four or five times. Uh, just keep doing it. And the Bengals missing a huge one as well. Um, if there was ever a game that deserved to end in a tie, I would say Packers Bengals just deserve to let that one wash. Um, but all right, the public got there on Green Bay, a short favorite. I believe that was three and kind of moved towards the Cincy side. Uh, Throughout the week, um, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, who are a perfect 5-0 and against the spread, the last perfect team, I believe, in the NFL against the spread. Last year's Dallas Cowboys got five starts from Dak Prescott before he got hurt. They started 0-5 ATS. So it's a completely different swing for, for this Cowboys team. Um, has, do you feel like Dallas has been has – been, underpriced this season um or is this something we we kind of should have seen coming with the cowboys well maybe uh let's let's go back maybe to game one against tampa we opened that game bucks minus seven that game got pushed to nine so we actually opened the correct number the betters like the one side second game against the chargers yes uh they were plus three maybe that should have been two and a half um and then maybe a little cheap in game three at home versus the Eagles at three and a half. Uh, but since then, the, adjust, the adjustments that we have made have been fitting. All right. And you got the, the Cowboys, I believe, four and a half point road favorites now on DraftKings Sportsbook in New England, uh, who we just talked about kind of just skating by the Texans at the end there. Um, one more follow-up there on, on the Cowboys, I guess. So the lines kind of moved on them uh, early. Everybody likes to bet on Tom Brady and, and Tampa. You said maybe, uh, you know, a little underpriced against the Chargers, but they've been appropriate since then. How do you kind of handle setting these numbers with such a public team? Because you're generally going to get Cowboys money. We, we know that. So how does that kind of factor in when a, a public team, America's team, in this case, the Dallas Cowboys, is the team that's 5-0 and against the spread moving forward? You don't get into that too much, uh, Julian. What you do is you adjust your power ratings and then you put up your numbers. Now, you know, you you could maybe uh, add an extra half a point on a game like that with the Cowboys if you feel like the, the public is going to generally uh, just be over the one side. But for the most part, we kind of let the numbers take care of themselves. If the Cowboys continue to cover, we raise their power rating a little. And if they fall off a little, we lower it. So um, over the course of time, we just let the numbers take care of themselves. Fair enough. Um, we got the Bills. Went into Arrowhead Stadium. Primetime stage. Smack the Chiefs as three, two-and-a-half-point underdogs kind of moving around throughout throughout the week. 
Uh, I want to talk about the, I, I was on the bills in this one. I thought this was going to be a kind of a power shift in, in the AFC. The bills were knocking on the door last year, lost the AFC championship game to, to the chiefs. Now the chiefs have the super bowl hangover. They got a little bit of a dinged up defense and the public dog came through obviously on, on Sunday night football. But what does this mean for the futures market in the AFC in, in your mind? Cause we got the bills now as the favorites plus two fifty to win the AFC plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. Was was that game on Sunday night something where the perception kind of moves the futures market? Uh, indeed it was. Uh, you know, when your team has been playing well and you go into the defending champs, uh, defending champs of the AFC's home field and you do what, you know, you would term as smack the round a little bit, <laughs> uh, they must take over the commander's role. I mean, it's, you know, at least for now. If you still like the Chiefs, this is a really good opportunity to latch on to a better future price at seven and a half to one and three and a half to one for the conference. But, you know, those adjustments are going to take place all year long. If you're playing well, uh, we're going to adjust the futures. And if you fall off a little, uh, we're going to adjust them the opposite way. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, Thursday night football. We had the Rams uh, go into Seattle and and win that one, cover that one as, as a slight road favorite. But Russell Wilson, the story in this one, got the surgery on his on his middle finger. Uh, Geno Smith did come into the game, looked decent, then wound up losing the game with the interception down the stretch. Uh, with with Russell Wilson out for whatever this is going to be, it looks like about a month or two, um, somewhere somewhere in that range. How do you how do you price Seattle moving forward? We've got them. That's the, scheduled to be the Sunday night game uh, next week at Pittsburgh. Seattle, I mean Pittsburgh's been all over the place this year. Seattle now a four and a half point dog on on DraftKings Sportsbook in that game. This is just a more impactful situation. Like this isn't Washington losing Fitzpatrick and getting ticked down a couple of points. Miami going down from two to Brissett and not moving much. This is Russell Wilson to Geno Smith. So what does this mean in setting these lines going forward for Seattle? Well, the Seahawks are losing one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And so you the drop-off in Washington and Miami, that's it really isn't that extreme. But then in, in this case, it really is. Now, let's look at the future book prices. We took Seattle. Uh, we doubled the rods. They're 80 to one now to win a Super Bowl. They're 35 to one to win the conference, 18 to one to win a division. So, uh, you know, it's all about Geno Smith now. Uh, we've priced the, this next game on where we feel it should be with him in there. Um, if he turns out to be better than expected, uh, then we'll make another adjustment. But right now, uh, the, you know, the team is just. In disarray, it's uh, been shaken up. So, uh, and, and the Steelers had a good game uh, yesterday. So, a little bit of uh, you know play for the Steelers here on the line. A little bit of adjustment, of course, a drastic adjustment on Seattle. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll see what happens here moving forward. And so, what was the? I didn't catch the the look ahead number, but what uh, what would you say this game, Johnny, would be set at with with Wilson quarterbacking? What is the the drop off, I guess, in terms of the spread going from a Russell Wilson to a Geno Smith. With the uh, Steelers uh, game yesterday, a positive game for them, then a, only a pick. But if the Steelers prior to that, did Seattle would have been a small favorite. Okay, so we're we're looking at you know five six points here 
potentially with Seattle. Okay, that makes Definitely. sense. Um, all right, really quick, Monday Night Football. We got the Colts uh, touchdown underdogs in Baltimore. I guess where are we seeing some – it looks like the – majority of the tickets and the bigger tickets are, are laying that touchdown with Baltimore. Um, are we going to see this one grow to over a touchdown by kickoff, I guess, is my question here. I don't think it'll make it past seven. Open six and a half, it's now seven. And, uh, you know, you could see some extra juice on the seven. Those are, you know, key number like seven is sometimes a number we hold at and just move the juice accordingly. Uh, but there, you know, there's a lot going into this game now. Uh, from, you know, the games yesterday, there was uh, a, a lot of tie-in to this game, money line, uh, yeah. so, you know, this game's a little bit of a hazard for the book. Yeah, the public did well on Sunday, and like you said, I think a lot of them are tied into. I have my, my Minnesota-Baltimore teaser closing up tonight, and I don't think I'm alone uh, on that one. Um, all right. As always, let's really quickly look, uh, forward to, I wrote week five in my notes, but we just played week five. So we're going to look forward to week six. Um, be, we great if it, on... be great if we could play week five again, wouldn't it? And you know, the results <laughs> for you guys, I know behind the books, you guys want to play week five again, but we're not, and we want to play it again too. <laughs> the public is going to take their money and run and then probably bring it back and reinvest it in week six. And we'll see how we do. Uh, we got a good one Thursday night. Uh, the Bucks touchdown favorites in um, in Philly. We got some some big favorites like like the Rams going into the Giants after a bad loss to the Cowboys, losing a lot of bodies. We got some some tighter point spreads. Um, we got another London game with the the Jags and the Dolphins. They just keep getting gems over there uh, across the pond for these games. Where are some where are some of the the bigger bets going so far on this Week Six card? Uh, my, you mentioned one Miami's playing at Jacksonville in London or playing Jacksonville in London. I guess that's Jacksonville's second home. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's a bit of anticipation of, you know, with two returning. So that line went from three to four uh, Miami. Uh, the Cowboys at the Pats was the biggest mover going from Cowboys minus one to four. Yeah, um, yeah and then the Broncos opened at two and a half at home playing the Las Vegas Raiders, um, you know, that that's a line that's now sitting at three. Um, you know, I expect that thing could possibly go higher. All right. Speaking about those lines uh, moving a little bit, what, based on the numbers that are on the board now, um, you know, what do you, what do you think moves the most by, by kickoff a couple of games? You know, a few of those games are going to move uh, some more. Uh, there's some games that haven't moved yet that'll move probably a, full, a half a point to a full point. You and I spoke a, a couple weeks ago about games that could possibly switch favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vikings are at the Panthers and are, you know, there's a one and a half point favorite there. And I could see that being one of those games that exchanges roles uh, where the Vikings could actually end up going off the small favorite. That's every time we talk about a game where the favorite is switching, I feel like the Vikings seem to be involved in a strange, is it? I don't, yeah, they're finding themselves in a lot of coin toss games, I guess that means. Um, and and that's been the case, they've they've all seemed to been coming down to the wire. Um, all right, that's that's it for NFL, but really quickly, like kind of like we did last week, let's let's touch on some MLB here. Last week, we talked about the Dodgers still being World Series favorites despite having to play 
in that wild card game. They advanced, walk off home run, covered the run line, dramatic fashion. Um, and here they are, one to one against the Giants. Big home favorites with Max Scherzer on Monday, plus 240 World Series favorites. Did you see much action after the Dodgers kind of got through that one game where betters were a little nervous? I don't want to bet someone to win the World Series when they, it could all end for them in this one game. But now people feel a little bit more safe that, okay, they're firmly in the field. Have we seen more Dodgers money pile in or not because they're they're just the favorite? Yeah, you know, the, uh, this is a team that that certainly, uh, you know, had was been the favorite all year long. Yeah. Uh, and so you take this price here, you get a dollar seventy-five, uh, you know, with the Giants. And so it, you know, if the Giants can pull off a win here, certainly going to drop that number to uh, you know quite a bit. So uh, yeah, the, you know, the money's still still showing up on the on the Dodgers a little bit. You could have got four to one uh, before that playoff, and that was that little bit of an extra game. Right. Uh, now it's back to 12 to five. That's a number that's been hanging around for probably over a month, but you got to, there was a little better price out there, but Hey, you know, if you're, if you're the fortune teller and you know, what's going to happen, then uh, you should have jumped in a little bit earlier. Exactly. Um, all right. I want to touch on the giants really quickly because like you said, the Dodgers have been favored all year long. The favorite, they didn't even win their division. Like, I, I can't remember the last time that happened. That's because the Giants go 30-whatever games over their win total and take the West. From the Giants' side of things here, this is a really good team that is split at 1-1, but they're obviously a pretty sizable road dog on, on Monday. They're, they're plus 650, the Giants, right now, to win the World Series. This is probably the value point. If you like the Giants, you take them. You hope they get through Scherzer. Otherwise, you got to win the next next two if the giants were to win this game and upset the dodgers on the road how far down do you think that plus 650 price would go well one thing julian and when you and if you go back and look at these two teams to start the season i mean the the uh the dodgers expectation was 100 plus games uh and so you know they've uh, they've done what they're supposed to do and the team's loaded look what they picked up they're in the season. I mean, every right. position, every position is they're in good shape. They got great pitching. Now, we mentioned out of a dollar seventy-five in that Scherzer matchup, they can pull off that win. You can expect that uh, giant number to drop to about four to one. That would mean that they would be needing one win of the next two and guaranteed a home game on Thursday if required. So. Um, if you feel that's going to happen, grab the 650 now because it is going to take a substantial drop. There you go. Um, Houston, we talked about the Astros last week. They took the macker, the big bet. Um, off to a pretty decent start, got up 2-0, now 2-1. We'll see how, uh, you know, when people listen to this, that White Sox game probably is, is in action. But with the good start for, for Houston, have we seen any additional money coming on to them to, to win the AL? Uh, not anything of great importance. Uh, you know, the, the th plus 320 or 16 to 5 is a little short for the betters to get involved right now. Uh, they know that that next series with either the Red Sox or the Rays is going to be problematic and demanding. So uh, I don't think the 320 is enticing any much money at this point. All right. And finally, we talked about the, the underdog Red Sox last week. I gave out the underdog Red Sox last week in the wild card game against the New York Yankees. 
Yes, uh, myself and one of our producers, Matt Durgan, attended the game at Fenway Park and probably played a huge role in the Red Sox coming through and cashing our tickets for plus money. Now down one nothing to the Rays. They get creamed. They look awful in game one. Win them both um, since then. What, what's the handle been like on the Red Sox? Not necessarily in these games, but uh, in, in the futures market as they've kind of just they're a public team, but I feel like nobody's really believed in them since they kind of came undone in July. Uh, and now they're showing some promise again. Yeah. Well, first of all, all baseball ha- playoff handle has been exceptional, but the mm-hmm. Sox, uh, the Red Sox, that is, do we have two Sox and they right. do have their following. Uh, remember this team was only predicted to win 80, 81 games. And many around baseball were waiting for the fallout in the midsummer. But guess what? It didn't happen. Um, you talk about some future tickets. There are some good size future tickets out there. And we can talk about some of those on a future podcast. <laughs> All right. That's that's called a tease. We will get to Red Sox futures if they are still alive next week and maybe uh, talk about some of those. Actually, but you, you sparked one quick question for me, Johnny, before I let you go the MLB playoff handle has been exceptional. When you compare that to like a Monday night football game um, that we have between the, the Ravens and Colts, are any of these MLB games going to get more handle than Monday night football? No, it won't do what a Monday night football game does, but it could surpass some of the games uh, on a Sunday, you okay. know, individual games. It's not going to, it's not going to outdo any of the prime time games though. That makes sense. Still, baseball games outdoing an NFL game when NFL is king. Impressive enough uh, on its own. Um, All right, Johnny Avello, that is Odds Are with the man himself, Johnny Avello. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Unreasonable Odds, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Julian. All right, that was Odds Are with Johnny Avello. A pleasure, as always. Very informative from behind the book, both on uh, on NFL and MLB there. Um... I'm already regretting not asking about that Alabama game, how the book did on that. I'm going to have to incorporate some some college football in this moving forward because certainly got quite a bit of my money, the books did, on Alabama. But prior to to Johnny, we teased some potential teasers here, and we'll get into it because now we're going to talk about week six. But I think where I want to start week six, because it could be a teaser week, is – Teaser legs that can go with Baltimore if you get this on, if you're watching this on Monday and you get Baltimore against the Colts on Monday Night Football as a leg, or if you're listening to it later because I think there's other pieces that you can tease together. And we can go right to the primetime game because you see it there on Thursday, October 14th. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are minus six and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. Steve's Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Huge Eagles guy. And who won last week? They beat my Carolina Panthers. I'm a big Panthers guy. Not a good one for me. Um, That can be in trash hit. Bucks minus six six and a half. I don't think the Bucks are going to lose to the Eagles. This is going to be a terrible defensive game, 50 and a half. Um, See, that's what worries me. That's what worries me. It really does, right? Because of how bad both defenses are going to be in this one. So you would obviously side with the one who has the stronger offensive team, which is by far the Bucks. But it's just 
like this is one of those games where like literally anything could happen. And I would not be surprised with any type of outcome. This one, I'm a little more confident than you. This one reminds me of what we just talked about, whatever it was a couple weeks ago with Eagles chiefs. Um, Now it was more of a must win game for the chiefs. Whereas the Bucks are just kind of looking to keep coasting here. Uh, But when you have the bad secondaries and it's like, okay, well now we need to trust an offense more. It's Brady. It's my, it's Mahomes and the chiefs and it's Brady and the Bucks well above Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. So I think that Tampa's going to get this one done on the road on the short week. I guess at some point you got to watch out for Tampa dropping a dumb game. And I don't count the Rams as that. I think that was a fine yeah. loss to a good team on the road early in the season. The Rams cared more about that game. And then I mean, quite frankly, they... it could it could have been that Patriots game, right? Like right. that could have been that game. Yeah. Could have been that one. Like the Bucks will drop one or two silly ones along the way. So is on the road on a short week in a place like Philly, one of those spots, that's my only red flag. Like at some point there's going to be a couple dumb losses here for Tampa, but I don't, uh, they're going to win a lot more than they're going to lose. I'm willing to keep going with them. So I, I think Tampa's a, a fine teaser leg here. Doesn't, doesn't that total seem odd though? Like 50 and a half, like that's it. Like that's really yeah. odd. That's really, really odd. <clears throat> um, and that, that worries me too. Cause I'm like, why is this 50 and a half? Like, is it because it of the short low. week? And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But like, I see 50 and a half and like, like, that's what I would maybe expect if I tease the total down, right? Like with these two teams playing, I'd be like, so now you tell me I can tease this down to 44 and a half. Like that just, that just seems really, really odd. Like, like I granted, you know, it was a tough matchup for the Eagles defend uh, uh, against that Panthers defense last week. So they didn't put up a ton, but that should have been expected, right? Like that, that wasn't anything out of the ordinary. So now you're telling me the Buccaneers who continue to deal with like injuries after injuries after injuries. And it's like, they're, they're basically playing their, uh, their bead squad for their secondary 50 and a half. Like I'm either going to hammer this and get absolutely annihilated, or this is going to be like one of the easiest totals to pass. I, I, I get to, I get to Bucks team that just put up almost 50 on themselves yesterday. On themselves, you mean they by, by themselves, by themselves, by themselves. Yeah. Okay, I don't, yeah. what are we having like an inter squad scrimmage here? I mean, um, might be. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Bucks could definitely score fifty points against the Bucks defense. Uh, <laughs> all right, the and I will say, I I kind of shot down your Monday night primetime teaser. <clears throat> Thursday night primetime teaser, I would prefer. Give me the Bucks to win and over forty four and a half. Yeah. Um, that's the primetime teaser that I would say I prefer. The yeah, other piece here is the Chiefs in Washington. You're yeah. going against a good defense. This is different than the Eagles game because this is a not a good offensive team like the Eagles with a bad defense. It's a good defensive team with a bad offense. Um, you sure about that? So it's different. That's how – yes, I'm sure. Um, 55 total is pretty high. So apparently Washington is going to put up some – some points here and anybody can put up points on, on the chiefs. But again, this is coming off a, a, a big loss and the chiefs need to bounce back. I, by far my least favorite of Baltimore, Tampa and Kansas city, but I think this is another bounce back spot for Kansas city to get a win. Opponents points per game allowed Kansas city, 32.6 Washington next 31. This is not a good defensive team. 
All right. Washington is put is allowing points after points after points. That team defensively that you remember from 2020, grab your pencil, turn it over to the eraser side, and erase that memory from your brain. That is not the team anymore. These two teams have allowed the most points on average in the NFL right now. 32.6 for the Chiefs, 31 for Washington. So you're going over? Hell yes, I'm going over. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. But, um, so yes, like the Chiefs to win, fine. I don't feel great about it because we keep saying like, you know, oh, you know, the Chiefs going to bounce back, Chiefs going to bounce back. They looked bad last week, uh, yesterday, on Sunday night. They did not look like, I mean, granted, Buffalo has a all around just a great team, not even on the same level as Washington. Washington is like three tiers below, I would dare to say. But that Chiefs defense is putrid. It's like water. Like nothing is, you have nothing, there's nothing to push back against them. Mm-hmm. And again, like I'm not even talking about the same different offenses, like not even close to Washington. But they're just that bad, man. And that, that's that's just what worries me. That's all. I mean, on a normal basis, should Patrick Mahomes tear this, you know, Washington football team apart? Of course. <clears throat> but, you know, the, and this could just be, you know, me getting caught up in recency bias. But I don't love it. I, I don't love just the outright Chiefs to win. They should win. They probably will win. Minus 305 in the money line. That tells you all you need to know. But you can't feel great about the Chiefs team right now. All right. Let's move to the rest of the week six board here. Um, I got to throw something out. Go ahead. Why is why are the Cardinals two and a half dogs on the road against Cleveland? Yeah, that was three also, um, and it's going to take a lot of public money. That's maybe the trap game of the week. Um, That's what I was thinking too. Because if you go back, pre, like I like to put stock in what we where we kind of saw things preseason even though the cardinals are playing well they're a good team it's not like they're just gonna they're not the best team in the nfl they're not gonna keep just running teams over um and the browns are you know a solid team they've probably been a little bit they've probably underperformed a little bit is what i'm trying to say I re- i would like to go ahead and be contrarian let this number shrink and then take the browns in like a, a pick them yeah. but I can't get out of my head the defense that we just saw against the Chargers. Um, right. If Herbert and the Chargers can do that, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals can probably do something similar. So I'm staying away from this game completely. I think that yeah. I think that a lot of Cardinals money is going to come in as an underdog against the Browns. The Browns are a lot of people said if you know the Bills or Browns can can take down the Chiefs in the AFC. The Bills are looking like that team. The Browns aren't quite there, but that's the the ceiling of the Browns. So they can certainly win a home game against the Cardinals that are due to slip up at some point. Yeah. Man, that's just going to be like, you just look at that and you're like, you obviously want to take it, right? I know. I don't. (laughs) That's just going to be, I'll be, I'll be really interested to see how that shakes out. But I would, I'm, I would say don't, bet that game um i'm not gonna tell you to bet the browns but if you made me bet it i would bet the browns yep no that's fair that's fair um all right your survivor piece of the week if anybody needs a survivor if anybody needs a money line leg piece that would be the rams at the giants who might be down a lot of bodies (laughs) i don't know if i'm gonna lay the 10 and a half but yeah this is that's 
that's a piece. Do with do do with that what you will with your survivor survivors and your your money line parlays. I actually, if a spread jumps out to me, it's the London game. What? Ugh. I was hoping you were going to say Houston. We'll get there later. Um, <laughs> Dolphins and man, Jags. I like all this distraction for the Jags. They let down against the Titans. You got Urban Meyer in the news for all the wrong reasons. And then Urban Meyer after the game saying, well, Trevor Lawrence, our six, six quarterback isn't comfortable doing quarterback sneaks. So they asked Trevor Lawrence, are you comfortable doing quarterback sneaks? Absolutely. I don't see why not. They're not on the same page. Now they're going to go to urban Meyer can't get this NFL thing down. And now they're going to go to London and experience all new things yet again, a new week, even though the Jags go to London all the time, urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence don't go to London. Now you got to do that whole thing against a Miami team that looks bad right now because they got smoked. Yep. They have good coaching. They have a solid defense. Tua should be back for this game. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just going to keep selling on the Jags until I don't have to. This is a neutral field one too. This isn't in, in Jacksonville. So right. Miami minus three and a half. Um, I'm, I'm probably just going to keep betting against Jacksonville until it doesn't work. Yeah, so Miami was the best team against the spread last year, only two and three to start this season. Um, Just haven't been a great team against the spread, but in this scenario, I don't see why I wouldn't take them either. I mean, just so much is wrong with the Jaguars and, you know, whether it's on the field, off the field. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I will say, is definitely – growing in front of our eyes like week after week like i'm, I'm getting more impressed with him every week that we see him but it's he just play, he can play it just yeah the situation isn't there right now and you know i i still really believe that even though they just got absolutely torched last week like the miami has a good secondary and i still think i think that's gonna kind of show up this week again yeah, you can't the fault, you can't fault them you can't fault them for getting beat by brady and those receivers right. on the right. road now, now you're now you have like you know you go from the A offense to the D offense in in a matter of what seven days and I, I think this is going to be a much different looking Miami uh, uh, defense and then of and offense with Tua who you know we, we've talked about before is much more apt to to throw downfield whereas Jacoby Brissett is not that's going to be something that they haven't had over the past couple of weeks that fits the mold of guys like Waddle and Devonte Parker who if mm-hmm. he's healthy would you know obviously be a big boost to this offense but. That offense is better fit with Tua, obviously, uh, but it really is better for those the, their receivers because they have a number of downfield guys, whereas Jacoby Brissett doesn't play to that strength. Yep. Um, okay, this is kind of Texans-related. They just looked good. That was a letdown spot for, for the Patriots. Man, the Texans are poorly coached. Um, wow. But the Patriots being in a grinder there was kind of embarrassing Patriots bounce back from that grinder at home, get up for this game against the Cowboys at Gillette. Look ahead line here was around the pick them Dallas minus one. Give me the Patriots plus four and a half hosting the Dallas Cowboys. What? Why? Because they're going to be up for this game at home for all the reasons that they covered against the bucks. And I didn't bet. I didn't bet either side on the spread against the Bucks. I bet the the I teased the Bucks, um, but I said as my take that the, that the Bucks would roll, and they didn't. Patriots are going to be able to. Patriots are going to be able to stay in this game and grind it. Oh, 
I, I, I. That was a classic letdown week for the Patriots. That was supposed to be a letdown. I mean, I think every week except the Bucks week was a letdown week. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're so they're there against the Bucks. They do what they're supposed to do against the Jets. Damian Harris fumble loses them week one. You know, I'm not ba- I'm not supporting what the Patriots have done, but like you know, Jonu Smith doesn't hand over a free touchdown, and that drive continues to start the second half. Maybe you make it a game against the Saints. Like this is this is very Kenny Ducey of you, and I, I don't like it. I'm not telling you that the Patriots are good. I'm just telling you that there's good value on plus four and a half at home against the Cowboys. Who? What have I been saying all year about the Cowboys? Like they're due to regress at some point. That first game, the Bucks leave 16 points on the table. The second game, the yeah. Chargers get 14 points called back. Um, third game, they smoke the Eagles. Fourth game, they smoke the Panthers. Fifth game, they smoke the Giants, but everybody gets hurt. Like the the Cowboys are due to slow at at some point. So Dallas is the only team that is five and zero against the spread so far this season. That and they're too, one. So that maybe. And I talked about this with Johnny. Um, are they a little overvalued? And they he said maybe they were or a little undervalued. And he said maybe they were at one point, but now they're appropriately priced. But it's still a five and zero ATS team that's playing a team that everybody's going to remember now. Instead of how good they played against Tampa, how bad they played against Houston. I just think this numbers off they should be closer to a pick them game so they're five and zero against the spread then they're also covering by an average of 10 points which only one of three teams are doing and you look at those wins like you know 20 points against philly uh 12 points against carolina you know obviously the shellacking of the giants last week 24 points against them that patriots secondary looks so bad against davis mills yesterday yeah yep. now you have to face dak with amari cooper cd lamb Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, like a lot of, of mouths to feed. Whereas, you know, Mills was basically going to Brandon Cooks. Like, that's just, I don't know. Mills didn't even use Brandon Cooks. He used other guys that we've never heard of. Well, I'm saying that's all he usually has to go to oh, is right, Brandon okay. Cooks. Uh, whereas, you know, Dak has a smorgasbord to choose from. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have no problem taking, I mean, not a great number at four and a half. That's obviously not an appealing number, but. I don't see the Patriots covering here. I mean, you can make that argument, but then how do they stop the Bucks? So they're capable of it, at least. They're capable, but they also should have been capable of stopping the, the Houston Texans. Owen, like 0-3 at home. Um, yeah, if the Patriots start 0-4 at home, they're in big trouble. Let me tell you something. I will almost put money down. By the time Sunday, 12.50 p.m. Eastern rolls around, you're going to be 425 game. Okay, so 350. Uh, 4.20. 4.20. You'll be on the you'll be on the Cowboys. I'm not betting the Cowboys this week. It's Patriots or you'll, no. You, you'll change your mind. You know what the worst part is? You'll do it, but you won't tell me because you're a coward. Oh you no, and you won't admit that you're wrong. I'll tell you, I'm not wrong. Um the Patriots are gonna be able to score too, I think, against the secondary a little bit. It all depends on the Patriots' play calling because I don't know what they were doing in Houston. I, I don't. I don't know. I can't explain it. But they op- They clearly opened it up at home against the Bucks, and this is a yep. defense that they should do a similar thing that they did to the Bucks. Yep. Would you be surprised if I told you that the Patriots still are passing at one of the highest rates in the league? 
No, because there were a lot of dink and dunk screens against Houston. They obviously only passed against Tampa, and that counts big towards their their season number. Um, and they had to pass against New Orleans. 65% of the time, fourth highest in the league behind Tampa, Dolphins, Steelers. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all against Tampa or New Orleans, so those games were all passed, and then they kind of did a lot of dinking and dunking against Houston. It makes sense. Yep. All right, Uh, you feel good about that? We'll continue on uh, on Thursday. Got some teaser legs. We got Miami minus three and a half, New England plus four and a half on the card for right now. Do you have anything? Is there a spread? You want to talk Houston Indy before we get out of here? No. Uh, I I just feel like Houston's going to be able to cover that. I mean, obviously there is a lot to be seen for tonight against the Colts, but for them to open at plus 10, like from what I saw yesterday, I mean, really, I I mean, is they have a good pass rush. So like, again, another scenario where like Carson Wentz might not be able to really officially get the ball down the field. So Mm -hmm. plus 10 for the Texans. I'll take that. Sure. Or throw him in a teaser, get him at 16. Let's go, baby. God, here you go. Teasing the Texans every week. (laughs) Hey, it worked out mighty fine last week against the Patriots. What did it? They were almost. How did it go the week that you wanted to do it? Oh, let's get it from from seventeen to twenty three against the Bills. Oh, why we lost forty nothing? I I, I only speculated. I did not take that. I just speculated. That's all. That's all. Poor speculation. But you know, that's why it's speculation. I didn't knock it down as a play. It was just speculation. Just talked about it. True. That's all. Allowed. You're allowed to speculate. All right, do you want to sprinkle in some uh, some MLB here? Forgot about that, but yes. It was going to be a four-game slate on Monday. Now we got the the White Sox-Astros going on on Tuesday. Yeah. Red Sox, underdogs, making some noise. Uh, some crazy games at Fenway in this postseason. Yeah. Um, Dodgers-Giants tied up at, at one apiece. Scherzer, big favorite in the, the critical game in that one. Um, yeah. I had a play on White Sox first five on Monday. If it's the same matchup, I'll play it. But now Houston can potentially bring back McCullers, right? Which I want no part of going against him. I would not either. So yep. we'll see about that. I don't, I, considering that it's Colin McHugh starting on Monday at Fenway, I'm yep. afraid to back Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm afraid to back Chris Sale if he's coming out of the bullpen behind Rodriguez in this game but I don't mind going against Colin McHugh and I don't mind taking a hot team that probably feels like they have to win this game at home to not have a game five in Tampa. So if I play anything on Monday, it'll be the Red Sox money line. I would say if you're taking anything on Monday for the two later games, uh, I would absolutely take over nine runs against the, uh, with the Rays and the Red Sox that actually came down from nine and a half. I'm shocked that it came down. Actually. I, I wow. think nine runs makes it even more appealing. So these two teams have met 22 times already this season in those games. The game total averages 11.1 runs. These two teams just absolutely mash against each other. Like for and as these good aren't as the, even the good pitchers going. The, and that's what I was going to say. These aren't even good pitchers going. Like Colin McHugh uh, should be followed by Michael Walker. Those are the two pitchers in game two. Uh, the Red Sox got nine runs on 11 hits on through four and a third innings. Uh, yeah. that, was in, that was in Tampa, by the way. Now they're in Boston at, at Fenway Park. We've already seen all the crazy stuff that's happened here at Fenway Park. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez against the Tampa Bay Rays at Fenway Park this season. Nine innings pitched, eight runs on 12 hits. He's going to get shelled, which is uh, a good thing for the over because that means we're going to get even more bullpen game uh, tonight. That's the thing, too. Like, they used so many pitchers last night 
that I don't even know who could potentially come out of the bullpen tonight. They had to use Nick Pavetta, who was supposed to start this game for three innings last night. And that basically saved their season. But um, there's just like nobody left. Both of these uh, teams use, I think it was 12 total pitchers last night. Like they have, there's nobody left. So when you're on the brink of elimination and you're using Colin McHugh and Michael Walker, uh, stuff's gone wrong. Okay. So uh, over nine runs in that one, I don't, I I would be shocked, like so shocked if that game went under. And then uh, for Giants Dodgers, don't love that game. Uh, I'd probably take uh, Dodgers over four and a half runs. You can currently get it at plus money at plus 105. Alex Wood has been phenomenal for the Giants all season long, except when he plays the Dodgers. That's one of the only teams that really has given him any issues. He only, he gave up 14 total home runs during the regular season. Five of them came against the Dodgers. That's almost 40% of his season total. Uh, you already look at Julian's already play, placing his bets. Um, five I'm looking home at, runs. I'm looking at, I mean, everybody will know this by the time they listen to this, but I'm looking at CEH uh, going to miss multiple weeks with a knee. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that as it came across here. Uh, but yeah. So uh, Alex Wood, five home runs against the Dodgers uh, has not been strong against this team at all. The Dodgers have some of the best power hitters uh, against lefties overall. Trey Turner, Albert Pools, don't forget, uh, still has massive power against lefties. In total, Alex Wood against the Dodgers this season, 17 innings pitched, nine runs, 20 hits, 5.64 fifth. This is going to be a tough start for him. Give me that plus money on the Dodgers uh, over four and a half runs. Okay. I like that Red Sox over nine. I'm, I'm going to bet that. I, I, I'm honestly shocked that it came down half a run after McHugh was announced as a starter. Like I, I expected re- it to go in the opposite direction. Yeah, and I. This is more gut feeling, but I think the Red Sox win the game. I think they do too. I think they do too, but it's going to be like a, you know, uh, nine to eight game or uh, you know eight to six something like that. Okay, that's what I think is going to end up being. But All I right, do think they win this. I do think they win this game, and then they're in trouble when they face Houston. Yeah, but they were supposed to be in trouble when they faced the Rays. Right. I, I, one of them. However, yeah. I did say. I've been putting all my baseball plays on Twitter, by the way. I'm absolutely on fire, which will probably end by the time you listen to this podcast um, because MLB regression will find me. Uh, But I I didn't put this one on Twitter. It was almost a little bit of a fan bet just to want to just have some fun rooting for the Red Sox. I knew they were going to lose game one. I should have bet Tampa in game one because that was just an awful spot coming off the emotional Yankees win. You travel. You're going against a guy that's killed you all season. Um, But I said whoever wins, and the Red Sox have not won the series, but I said whoever wins game two will win the series. Because if the Red Sox are split in Tampa and they come back and have Valdi on the mound in game three, you're feeling really good and you have a good chance to go up 2-1, which they did. My reasons for it were completely wrong. I was like, well, if they win game two, that means Sale looks good and they have him for later in the series. They won in spite of Chris Dale. Right. Um, and then I thought that game game three would be kind of convincing, and it came down to one of the flukiest calls in MLB <laughs> postseason history to get the win. So I haven't been spot on with the analysis, but here we are. Um, I should have put this one on Twitter. I have Red Sox plus 310 for the series from after oh, game nice. one. Wow, nice. So I, I don't need to bet the Red Sox in game four. I'll just sit back and root for them and probably take that total. 
All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. We will be back on Thursday uh, with another guest. We'll be going over the entire week six board to get you ready from all the betting angles. For Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. We'll catch you on Thursday. Thank you.